Are you thinking about launching your podcast soon? Do you wish that you had a crystal ball, no pun intended, that would show you exactly the things that you don't need to do? Well, I am so happy to announce that I have the perfect resource just for you. 10 things I wish I would have known before I launched my podcast. Go grab this free PDF at crystalprofit.com slash 10 things. That's crystal with a K, profit with two Fs, two Ts, dot com slash one zero things. So crystalprofit.com slash 10 things. So you don't make the same mistakes that I did when I launched my podcast. Okay, I want to start off this episode today with asking you a question. Do you have a guru in your life? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, do you have someone who is your mentor or someone that you really look up to for one specific thing? Because I'm not saying that you only have to have one guru who is like the go-to person for every single thing in your life, in your business, like all the things, right? I have multiple gurus that I follow in the online marketing space. And who knows, maybe I'm one of your gurus. Maybe you check out what I'm doing to see what you should be doing for your podcast or maybe a marketing strategy that you can implement for your business that's related to your podcast. I don't know, but today I'm sharing with you a guru that I've been following for a while and it is such a fantastic conversation about email marketing with your podcast. So let's get right to it. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, where we teach entrepreneurs how to start, launch, and market their podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Profit, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today, because if you've been trying to figure out the world of podcasting, think of this show as the time-saving shortcut you've been looking for. So let's get right to it, shall we? So like I said in the beginning, I have had so many gurus in my day for online businesses. And it's funny because the person that I interviewed today has actually been a guru long before I ever had a conversation with him. So I am so excited to bring to you Bobby Clink. And if this this is the very first time you've ever heard of him, like I cannot wait for you to shower me with thank you notes because you are going to be so excited that Bobby is now in your presence. Oh my gosh, he is so much fun. He is just such a personality that I love his podcast. I love following him on Instagram, and I just, I love all the things that he does because I originally started following Bobby because I heard him on Amy Porterfield's podcast. I guess this would have been two years ago, I'm thinking. I'm going to link to his episode that he did with Amy all about legal things, which we're going to get to the transition here in a second, but Bobby did a podcast episode about having an LLC versus an S-Corp for your business. And this was exactly what I needed at the time. I was just getting started with my business and it was the perfect information that I needed to know. So from that point on, I started following Bobby and then I joined B-School with Amy and Bobby was a mentor. And then I got to actually meet him in person and have coffee with him whenever I went to Amy Porterfield's Entrepreneur Experience last October. And we just immediately kicked off. I think it's because like Texas runs in both of our veins. So we immediately connected And I am just so grateful to have him on the podcast today. But here's where things are a little bit different now from whenever I first kind of entered Bobby's atmosphere and all the things that he's he's done, because Bobby is actually a Harvard Law graduate turned online entrepreneur. But he's definitely not your typical lawyer. He doesn't do suits. He hates legalese more than you do and has a tendency to make lame pop culture references and dad jokes. But I have to say, he does them very well. He's so charismatic and funny and just 
who he is as a person. And I think that that's what really attracts me to everything that Bobby teaches because he's built a thriving online business by doing things a bit differently than other people. He's making the legal and business stuff simple with a focus on building real connections with real people instead of thinking of people as potential transactions. In our conversation today, we're really going to dive deep into what actually matters when it comes to your online business and the things that a lot of people put weight on that don't really matter. So after trying the secret strategies that all the experts, online entrepreneurs were telling him to do, Bobby realized that building a successful online business isn't about chasing secret ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic things right and showing the F up. I love this so much because getting back to the basics helped Bobby skyrocket his business success. Nowadays, besides helping people with the legal stuff, Bobby also helps other entrepreneurs get back to basics and use his unique style of relationship-based marketing to build their own thriving businesses. And I cannot wait to share with you our conversation about email marketing because I hope that it is going to open your eyes into ways that you may be doing it wrong or from maybe a perspective of you've heard one guru say one thing, but I hope you relate to everything that Bobby teaches you today because it's so important as you continue to grow your email list and engage with your audience. So I won't make you wait any longer. Here is my conversation with Bobby Klink. All right, everybody, welcome back to another interview with one of my favorite people, Bobby Klink. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Well, thank you for having me, Crystal. It's fun to be here. (laughs) Partly because, just so you know, talking with you, I have a feeling a little bit of my Southern Texas drawl might come out because it happens (laughs) when I'm talking to people who have that too. So uh, listeners, if you've heard me other places, get ready because it may sound different than normal. (laughs) That Texas, it's going to like, it's been buried deep down. Like DC has tried to bury it, but we're going to revive it today. (laughs) Well, Well, I never really had it because I grew up five miles from the Mexican border, so I didn't really have a Texas accent. But mm-hmm. I was um, in my legal career. I worked on some cases that were in uh, Marshall, Texas, and I would deal with lawyers from Tyler and things like that. And it just kind of seemed like when I did that, I would start to sound a little bit like them because it's I can change it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so funny you said that because my husband works with somebody that's from around my hometown. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he'll come home and he'll say some things. I'm like, who did you talk to today? Because it's that that East Texas accent is contagious. <laughs> that's right. The East okay. Texas accent is different than other Texas accents. And you know, we're we may be boring listeners, but if you're from Texas, you know there are lots of different <laughs> regions and lots of different accents. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Well, Bobby, I'm so happy that you're here today because I have been getting so many questions about email marketing. I have been doing lots of different podcast episodes about, you know, how to get started and what you actually have to do to promote anything that you're trying to serve to your audience through a free resource, like using your email. But this has become your thing. And I'm so excited to talk about this because you do this so amazingly well. So I just want to just jump right in and tell everybody a little bit about your story because email, you didn't go to school for email marketing. (laughs) Who goes to school for email marketing, right? Like that's not your thing. So tell them, tell us about your journey. Yeah. So I am not like my history would not make you think that I would be an email marketer. I am a lawyer by training and I was a practicing lawyer for a better part of 15 years Graduated from Harvard Law School, worked in like what are called white shoe law firms, basically the fancy places where everybody is, you know, really hoity toity. Um, And and I did that for a long time. It didn't really fit me because that is not who I am. Listeners aren't seeing this, but my background, I have pictures of guitars because I played in a punk rock band in college and did all kinds of things. But I tried to be a lawyer for a while. And um, eventually I became an entrepreneurial lawyer working a small law firm than my own law firm. when I started my own law firm, I didn't have a big plan to do it. It kind of was a falling out with those other guys I was working with. And so I didn't have a lot of clients. I had a lot more time than clients. 
And I tried the lawyer marketing stuff. I read all the books. That, that stuff didn't work. I threw those away. And then I started looking for just marketing. And I found this thing called inbound marketing. I'm actually HubSpot certified, or I was. I don't know if you if that lasts, but like four years ago, I got HubSpot certified in inbound marketing, which is, you know, if you listeners haven't heard of it, it's what you do. You create content, you draw people to, you get them on your email or on a list, and then you talk to them. And so I did that. That drew me into the entrepreneurial world, but I was still just teaching people about the legal stuff and offering legal stuff. And for a long time, I was really boring. My email sucked. I'll just be honest <laughs> with you. They did. They were, they were like, you know, in this week's episode of my podcast, I talk about this and you'll learn this and you'll hear this and then I'll talk about this. Go listen. And, and I do that monotone on purpose because that's probably what pe- how people read the thing. Um, and yeah. so I, <laughs> I did that forever. And then it was, it would have been September of 2018 that I, I made a shift. And I started telling stories in emails and immediately everything shifted in how my audience was reacting to me. And so I just did more and more and, and I'm nothing if not trainable. So part of my good luck was literally I made this shift and the very first email I sent, it was either the first or the second. I always forget that detail. Someone responded said, I've been on your list for, for a long time. For the first time, I feel like you're a person, not a brand. And I actually want to do business with you. You know, like I said, I'm trainable. I was like, I should do more of this. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I started doing more and more of it. And and again, at that time, I was still just selling legal stuff. That was part of like the beauty of how I got to be good at this. Couple of reasons. Number one, I didn't mind if I made a complete and utter fool of myself when it came to marketing because right. I wasn't teaching people marketing. I was selling legal stuff. And so that kind of like was part of the, I guess the, the joy that people got out of it is, you know, I would say anything and it it continued. And then just over time, like over the next, I guess it's been now year and a half, year and nine months, I really refined it. And people literally like, people actually say, I don't want your freebie. I just want to get on your list, which nobody says, right? (laughs) Nobody says that. And people actually like, want to read my emails. I, I, I've had people like in the middle of like promo sequences, like get mad because they signed up and they stopped getting my emails. They're like, can I keep getting your emails? I'm like, well, I guess you can sign up under another email. <laughs> so I literally have, there's a lot of people I know who are on my email list under two or three emails because they want to be able to see all the different segments I'm sending out based on what they do. That's so funny. Yeah. And so that's kind of, that was my path. And I just kind of lucked into it and found my calling. And I'm kind of naturally a storyteller. I didn't realize that, but I've also honed the skill over time. That's so awesome. So I can tell you, and this is this is like, it's going to be so funny because I don't think I've told you this story before. I may have. So Bobby and I actually, we met in person at uh, in San Diego last year. We were at Amy Porterfield's Entrepreneur Experience. And it was so fun. Like we... We are very early risers. Well, you were mm-hmm. on East Coast time. Yeah, and yeah. so and I was just like, so I was like, I don't know. I don't have kids with me. What do I even do with myself? <laughs> so we found ourselves. So I think it was like 6 a.m. Um, and we were like, you know, right outside the Starbucks. We were drinking some coffee. And I remember just talking to you because the power of podcast, I had heard you on Amy Porterfield's podcast talking about LLCs and S-Corps. Yep. I can still remember where we were. I was with my husband in the car and we were driving to Nebraska Furniture Mart in Dallas, Texas. And I said, we're trying to figure out our business. We need to figure out what we need to do. And that was one of the episodes I listened to. And it's so funny because it's a full circle moment. I'm like, Bobby's on my podcast and we're talking about email marketing. This is so crazy. So yeah. yeah. And let me be clear. It's so much more fun to talk about this yes. than the S Corp and the LLC. Now the S Corp and the LLC, that's stuff that people need to know. And I still do yes. a lot. Of, I mean, I still do that. I still do the legal stuff and help people with that, but nobody, re- I mean, nobody really wants to learn about it or hear about it. And that's why I enjoy the email marketing. People actually want to learn this stuff. And so it's a lot more fun to talk about too. 
Well, and that's what I was going to say is I can tell the energy because I've heard you on other podcasts recently. I listen to your podcast. I love your podcast so much. And I think that you have such great nuggets of wisdom, but you are just generally or genuinely yourself. Like you just show up and you're like, I don't care who this pisses off. I don't <laughs> care what's going on. Like this is just who I am. And I think that that's so refreshing because a lot of people try to do that, right? They try to say, oh, I'm different from other people and I do this, but you actually are. And I just, it's, it's just so refreshing and I appreciate it so much because I think that you are an example of how to do that really well with emails. Oh my gosh. So thank well, you. So a couple of things. One, our mutual f- friend, Melanie, um, sent me a text the other day or two days ago or something. And it said CTA, so call to action, go piss some people off. And I was like, <laughs> why are you sending me that? And she's like, well, that was what you said on your podcast. I was like, oh yeah, I did. That's right. Because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I actually said that, I, you know, that's one of the things, but, and you mentioned this, like, you know, being like, you didn't use the word polarizing, but it's this whole polarizing thing. And it's this funny story. Cause there was this guy, like right after we met at Amy's event, I went to James Wedmore's event and I was speaking on a panel and Somebody got up, raised his hand and asked like this question, like, well, how do I go about being polarizing? And that question, like, it kind of bothers me. And I'm going to use, I'm going to tone down my language because I would have said something not so nice there. (laughs) But, you know, uh, because I'm like, you don't try to be polarizing. Like, that's what people do wrong. People are like, I've got to be polarizing to, to upset people. I'm like, no, just be you. I mean, you know, like if you like Star Wars, talk about that and you'll upset the people who like Star Trek. And if you like Star Trek, talk about Star Trek and it'll upset the people, you know, and it's just just all these things. Just be you. Um, And the thing is, what I found is in email and everything else I do, the more I'm just me, the more people react to me. Even if they don't agree with me necessarily, they, they just genuinely like that I'm being me. Yeah. Uh, And I think that that's, it's so true because everybody, like we all have our quirks and we all have the silly things that we do. And I think that you do this so well in sharing them in your emails. And I have to bring this up because this is just a very relevant topic. Let's talk about Cheetos and peanut butter, Bobby. (laughs) This is the perfect example. Cheetos and peanut butter. And I'm like, what is happening? So so you like that email? That was actually... I think one of my my favorites that I've written in at least in a long, long time. Oh, I had to open it immediately. I was like, right. what in the world is he talking about? Well, right. But also I had you tricked into believing that it was it was Katie, my number two, who liked Cheetos and peanut butter. But no, no, it's me. It actually goes back to like, I remember the guy's name. It was this guy that I grew up with named Max Shirley. He introduced me to this concept of – and. Again, it's it's mainly you put them on Cheeto puffs, not the the crunchy ones. It is a wonderful combination. And so I wrote an email about this. And you know, it's this hilarious thing. You know how many responses I got to that? People are like, you know, agreeing with me, disagreeing with me, but it's just that kind of nugget of you know, little thing like that that engages people that they want to talk about. And you know, I think what I what I I've stumbled into more and more is that especially in today's day and age where let's be honest we are politicized we're polarized we're all of those things people enjoy like taking a sa- stand on just stupid silly stuff like this like where no one's going to judge them for you know that but it can be fun And I think that's kind of what I'm doing. And when I look back at a lot of my most popular emails, it's things like that that I've done where people just have so much fun um, thinking about it. Well, that's so good. And and I think that, um, I, and I heard you um, on another recent interview where you were talking about, man, everybody's so obsessed with open rates and click-through rates and all these things. And it's, no, the most important metric to measure is, are people actually doing something? Are they responding to your emails? Are, so can you tell a little bit about that? Like, Because I know that you interact with a lot of either brand new entrepreneurs or people have been in the space. And that's actually a lot of my listeners right now. They're just now getting started with email marketing. And they're like, okay, but don't I need to focus on all these other numbers? Like, what are What's the most important thing to focus on when you get started? Well, see, I'm going to love this because I know your audience is is people who either have a podcast or are interested in a podcast. So I'm going to start with a couple of things. One, 
we're going to disabuse all of the listeners from using the word newsletter because yeah. that is a dirty word in my book. Because I'm just going to ask you this question. Have you ever said, yippee, a newsletter? No, <laughs> never. I wish y'all could just seen his expression. <laughs> yes. I, by the way, I've been told that I could like literally be a human gift maker. I could just like yes. do the things I do. Yes, and, and Absolutely. Um, but so I'm saying like, honestly, if you think about it, nobody gets excited about that. And so stop doing that. The bigger problem with a newsletter though, is that what you're doing is you think of it as providing content. Mm -hmm. And so that's not what you're going to do either. So we're going to call them weekly emails. And I'm sure, Crystal, you're going to ask me questions about my approach and all that. We'll get to that in a second. But a lot of people fixate on two things, open rates and click-through rates. I don't care what your open rate is. Now, if it's like 5%, we got a problem. We need to figure out what's going on because yeah. that means you're going into spam or something else. And it depends on the size of your list. But as your list grows, I don't care if you're at 20% or 30%. Eh, who cares? Because here's the hard reality, first of all, is that everything we do, we live by the 80-20 rule. So 80% of our revenue is going to come from 20% of our people. But I'm going to go a step further. You can apply that within that 20%. 65% of your revenue, thereabouts, will come from 4% of your people. So I focus on those 4%. I don't worry about the 80% who aren't opening or 70% who aren't opening or any of that stuff. Worry about the people who are and serve the living crap out of them and you'll be fine. Now, then people also talk about click rates, click through rates. Well, in a, my weekly email, I say, you know, I give a little tidbit about here's my podcast. Now, I don't know about you, Crystal, but I don't think a lot of people are clicking to go listen to my podcast, right? I mean, they subscribe to my podcast on, it's not even iTunes, whatever it is now, Apple podcast or Google podcast or one of those things. So click-through rate is also irrelevant. I care more about them feeling connected to me and feeling compelled to click reply, even when I don't ask them to click reply to tell me like Cheetos and peanut butter. Yeah. That's what I care about more because it's about building that connection and that relationship with my audience that that's the work you're doing with the email and that's the stuff that matters. This is so good because I um I've been doing my weekly emails. Um I don't I've never really liked the term newsletter <laughs> anyway either, so I'm going to totally agree with you on that. But I've been doing it for about two years, and um, I have to say that I started off very much the same way you did, and I think everybody does. When they're trying to figure it out, they have kind of this format of, oh, hi, I am Crystal, and this is what I'm going to talk about today. It's almost like a, an essay that you're writing <laughs> like, that's just like, oh, I want to scratch my eyes out. You know, now yeah. I write all kinds of crazy stuff, but- I just find that people really respond when I tell an embarrassing story that happened to me during the week that has nothing to do with anything in my business. It is just a human story that yep. anybody can relate to, whether it's good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. And I do, I get more responses that way. So if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, that's great for y'all because y'all both have said that you're storytellers and you know how to do all these things. Where would you advise someone to get started? Like what things should they start paying attention to in their life or what's going on in their business? And like, where do you draw the line of, oh, you should share that or no, 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 no. That's too much information. Please do not put all your dirty laundry in your weekly. Well, no, no one wants to know that business. <laughs> So, so first of all, I mean, let me talk about like people who say that, that they don't tell stories. We all tell stories. Everybody right. tells stories. And, and this is this, I'm going to tell a story to make this point. Um, I started, I mentioned in September of 2018 is when I started doing this. It was right after I went to Amy's event the year before you and I met. And um, Tarzan K spoke at that and she was talking about emails and, and I don't know, something about stories came up. And I mentioned to one of my friends who was there, and I say friend, I mean, it was a person that I interacted with online a few times, and then we became friends at this event. And I was talking to her about how I had looked into here in Washington, D.C., there is a, uh, I've forgotten what it's called, story something. It's like a place where you can go to work on storytelling. And I was thinking about taking, because I said, I feel like I need to get better at telling stories. 
she looks at me and says, what are you talking about? You've been doing nothing but tell me stories for the last three hours. And I thought about it and it was this, I, I was thinking about stories wrong. Most of us, when we think of telling stories, we think, and I'm going to talk TV here, we think Game of Thrones. We think epic tale. No. Stories are Seinfeld. They are those little tidbits from life about, you know, like sitting in a Chinese food restaurant waiting to be seated for 30 minutes. I mean, that's the things that, that come through. Those are the stories that resonate. Most of my stories that, that I tell that are most popular, I mean, they're, they're a story or they're not even. It's like Cheetos and peanut butter. It's a little tidbit of, of life, something I like, something I don't like. Those are the things that resonate. Now, to your second question of what is too much, there's a couple of pieces there. Number one, everybody has to draw their own line, figure out what they don't want to share. So, so you have to figure out what you're comfortable with. Um, but what I would tell you is as long as you're not constantly telling people that you are a complete mess related to whatever it is that you help your people with, or you don't sound like you're looking for sympathy constantly, there really is no limit. One of my most like kind of most popular emails and, and popular is, is a weird word to use for this was an email where I told the story about my dad being in a plane crash right before the, the beginning of my third year in law school and literally me going down and then having to make the decision whether to go back for this prestigious competition that it was like a year in the making where I was going to be arguing potentially for a Supreme Court justice in law school when my dad had not woken up yet after six weeks of basically a coma. And you can think about it, that is a very personal story, but it got such reaction because I let people in. I let people kind of get to know me. And like, that's important in my case, because most of my emails are ridiculously over the top funny. And so I needed to show the other side. Um, And so I do those things. But again, I'll tell you, like with my podcast and then my emails, what I found was the more I talked about things that I had screwed up, even in my business, the more people were connected with me and wanted to actually do business with me. It was like when I, since you talk about podcasts, when I started my podcast, I was exclusively in an interview show and, um, the person who helped me originate it. So funny. Um, now for everybody who knows me, like hearing this, like she was basically saying, it's not about you. So you're not like you're in the background was kind of the concept because nobody cares about Bobby which is kind of funny because now I basically say everybody should have more cowbell, should be adding more of themselves <laughs> to their brand. Yeah. Um, but so it was this interview show where I would give this like like five or 10 minute legal tip related to whatever the person talked about. And the first solo episode I ever did was about my first kind of successful launch where I finally actually found my footing. But I talked about all the stuff I screwed up too. And that episode got more reactions than anything because like I was relatable. I think the problem is like in our space, so many people are used to hearing about the six figure launches, the seven figure and all that. And so for a lot of people starting out, they're like, they can't even relate. And I was talking about how I'd had this huge, massive win where I think it was like, you know, I brought in $30,000 and I was over the moon excited about it. And I think people were like, oh, well that maybe I could do. (laughs) And so it was this, you know. That opening up, and again, talking about things I messed up and I would have done differently, people love that. And um, you know, our mutual friend, Meg Wheeler, has made that comment to me that she loves how I talk about the things that I've screwed up. I'm like, well, I'm going to keep doing that because I keep screwing <laughs> things up. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> well, like you said, it just brings the humanity into it. I mean, like that's something that we all have in common, you know, and people – uh, especially in our in the online marketing space, like so many people like to throw around buzzwords like click click rates, ICA, like all these things, yep. where you're just kind of like, none of that matters if you're still not connecting with the person that you are trying to help. And I think the reason why I gravitate towards you so much, Bobby, I remember listening, and I can't think of the title of this one particular episode. I will link to it in the show notes, but um, it's the one where you talk about being a, a servant like just serving the crap out of your people. And I hear you say this all the time and it shows 
so much in your podcast and everything that you do, your programs and just how you show up online, it's consistent. And so whenever I think about that, I think about this is what someone has to find. Like anybody listening to this right now, you have to figure out what are those principles that you stand by and how are you going to infuse those into your brand, whether it's your email marketing, your podcast, your programs, whatever you're doing. So I just kind of wanted to give you a compliment there is I think your number one thing is service. Like I'm just here to help. I'm here to serve you so much because I think that that has been a huge asset for you. Would you would you agree that that's been a, a big thing for your growth? No question. So so I use hashtag radical giving is what I use as kind of my the way I said. I used to say serve first, but serve first is so like everybody radical says radical giving it. is great. It's great. Yeah. I love and, it. And, and so like um, I was already doing this. Like my my entrepreneurial journey switched when I did that. So I, I mentioned earlier, like I started my podcast in 2017. Um, and in 2017 is when I when I kind of made this decision that I was going to try to build this online business and move away from my law firm practice, which at that point it was just me. I had an associate, but she went somewhere else. And like I stopped marketing, trying to bring in clients, and was focusing, going all in on this. And I I put in the work. I signed up for ClickFunnels and and for coaching on how to do it. And I got a Facebook Ads manager, and I did all this. And I'd spent about twenty five thousand dollars all told. But when I was ready to make to launch the first time, I went. I did this webinar. I loved it. I I was like yes. And I click off, and then I go in, and no one had bought. I was like, what in the world? And then after the, I don't even remember how long my email sequence was at the time. It probably sucked, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but however long it was, like at the end, I had one person who had bought $629 or something <laughs> having spent 25000 And so that's where I was. And by the way, she asked for a refund on day 29, never oh, having no. opened the course. Yeah. So I mean, oh, you know, no. it was, well, in some ways it's kind of better than her having stayed in or whatever. But so that was where I was at the end of 2017. And I'm down in the hole. Twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars, and like you know, kind of in the depths of like, oh man. And I, I only remember that that New Year's Eve that day was a Sunday because I was in church, and I remember this. And the pastor was talking about giving, and me being the kind of like fire ready aim guy that I am, so you know what, I'm going to make giving my word for 2018. And you know, at first it was kind of you know, it took me a while to find my footing, but my business shifted in radical ways because I did that. And it started with like, I was in Amy Porterfield's group. I did her B-School program or Marie Forleo's B-School program through Amy's affiliate link the year before you did. And I just showed up and I just served in that group because I found that I actually knew a lot of like the random skills and could answer questions. But I also like, I, I was creating these, these PDF like freebies, but I just, I asked the community manager at the time, I said, Hey, can I just, I don't want the thing. Can I just put the PDF in here and give it to everybody? And she said, wait, what? <laughs> Cause that was so weird. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I just want to give it to him. She's like, yeah, sure. You can do that. So I did that. And I did that. Those people were the core of that first successful launch because they saw how much I cared and how much I gave. And so I kept doing it. And so like, then last year I went even further, like as of last year, at the beginning of last year, all I sold were my legal templates. That was the only way I made money. And there's only one legal template that people are legally required to have, their privacy policy. Most of my competitors charge $200, $300 for that. I decided to just start giving it away as a freebie. That is now my lead magnet. And you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I will have people come onto my Facebook ads and blast me and like want to argue. And then somebody actually you know, posted this recently. They're like, she's like, He's giving this away for free. Why are you complaining you know, about? <laughs> and so it was this funny thing, but but that's the thing. So last year I gave away like if you use the value my competitors put on it, something like 1.8 million dollars worth of legal templates. My goal this year is to give away 4 million dollars worth because I have not yet found the limit on that. Like the more I give, the more I've gotten. And listeners like i want to tell you i didn't i didn't read this book before but i read it and it really encapsulates it go buy and read the go giver it is a book that every entrepreneur should read it it takes like an hour and a half to read maybe 2 hours it is short told as an allegory 
but it is powerful because you build up so much goodwill. Like nowadays, I could literally at this point, I think, stop all my Facebook ad spending and have a, a quarter of a million dollar business from everybody telling other people to go buy my legal templates. And I could just like live off of that because I put in and was willing to do that and give. And so, you know, it's one of the things I tell everybody is just give and give and give. Um, But I do say, don't give because you're afraid to sell. Right. Give because you want to give. Well, I think I, I'm so glad that you shared that because I forgot. I remember listening uh, in one of your episodes where you talked about that, like the the equivalent of millions of dollars just given away for free. And it just blows my mind because that I think is just something that you can see in other people, kind of like where you can see the sliminess in other people, you know, where you can just, you get that feeling like, oh, I don't want to be around this person. You can also see that in someone who is just like, there's just a calm, like being in your presence. Like I, I know, like he's not trying to sell something to me every time, which is another reason, like though I wanted to tie all of this back to opening your emails. Like I don't feel like, God, Bobby's just going to try to sell something else to me. He's going to try to get me to buy something. You know, I'm going to unsubscribe. I, like, no, that's not the reaction. Like you said earlier, like I get that. Yippee, what kind of crazy shenanigans is Bobby going to be up to now? Because it's so much fun to read your emails. And I just, I, I so appreciate the example that you're setting because there's been so many really bad examples of how to not do email marketing. And I think that you're just doing it in such a radical way, I love the word radical. That's, that's such a great word to explain um, how you're doing your business and how you're showing up online. But I know that um, that everybody listening, they really want to get into the details of how how does this work in Bobby's world. So, what like give us some of the formalities of how often do you send your list? Or you're saying you send it weekly, and what does it look like when someone first kind of like. I can see people, they're like, okay, I kind of want to see what Bobby's talking about, but am I going to get like 75 emails if I go download one of his freebies? So what does that look like on the back end for you? Okay. Well, well, first I've got to go back and talk about something you said there. Okay. Um, And then I'll answer your question. The reality is, Crystal, I have probably sold you or sent you more emails trying to sell you stuff than most of the people whose list you're on. But... I've put so many deposits of free, no ask, nothing. And even when I do the sales, half the time I'm making fun of myself. I'm joking about the fact that I'm doing it and I'm being very open about it. So you don't notice it because that's something I want people to understand. Like I sell a lot. I do affiliate promotions. Like like right now I'm in the middle of, of one affiliate promotion right after another affiliate promotion. And so I'm doing all of the marketing things and I'm making money doing it. But people like, because even in those emails, I, I make it fun. That's part of it, but it's also because of what I'm doing. So many people, I, I make the analogy um, my wife had this friend who only ever called her when she needed something from her. Like it's the mm-hmm. friend who only calls you when they need help moving. Right. At some point you stop answering the phone. Yeah. You know, I, I would actually like say, Hey, you know, I would actually say something to him, but most people just kind of ignore him. Well, that's what most email marketers are doing. They're literally waiting until they have something to sell. And so that's the problem. So now to answer your question, um, how many times do I email? Well, let's talk about, I'll talk about how, when they get into my world in a second, but people who are already in my world, theoretically, well, not theoretically, they're hearing from me at least once a week. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three. I never have, you know, but I have a, a almost every week I send a Tuesday email unless I'm sending some other email. My Tuesday email is my podcast episode email which I think of that as my weekly email. And then I also have a Friday podcast episode, which is live. So now I tend to send an email inviting people to that live episode on Friday. So that's my weekly, week to week. And then promo stuff is thrown in. To answer the question, what happens when someone comes into my world? I have, and I guess this is where I'm different than most people. Some people said this was the weirdest thing that ever heard. I said, oh, just seems natural to me. 
So you sign up for my list and the first email you're going to get is specific to like, you know, acknowledging what you did. I call it my catch email. It's congratulate, acknowledge, uh, this tells me this about you, credibility boost and hook. So it's basically, hey, it's a big deal that you, you got this freebie. And because you did, I know this about you and things like that. Then I will run people through normally a short nurture sequence. The nurture sequence will either be nurturing them to buy a little $25, $27 offer related to the freebie, or it will simply be to help them get value from the freebie. That will be a three to five day sequence where you get an email every day. From there, you get dumped into my welcome sequence. And my welcome sequence is um, a bit different than most. So your welcome sequence, think of this as letting people get to know who you are, what you stand for, and how you can help them. I do want to be very clear. Even though I said who and what you stand for, all of that is about how you can, it relates to them. It's all got to relate to them. It's not about, look at me, I'm cool. No one wants that. But so you do that. Well, what I've chosen to do for mine, my welcome sequence is 12 emails that go out. So it's twice a week. So it'll take six weeks to get through it. Um, But the middle 10 are my greatest hits. They are the 10 emails that had like the story part, at least that had the biggest reaction when I initially sent it. So there's one, uh, the subject line is, I don't like sweet baby Jesus. It's about the, about the beer. It's about the beer, not the person. (laughs) You know, one of them is about the very first email I sent. So this is what I should share with people. The very first story email I sent, the subject line was in quotes, why are you sending me pictures of you with random women? (laughs) And it's this story of at Amy's event in 2018, at that point, like I was helping her team with legal stuff. And so I was working with her team and there was this big line to go take a picture with her. And and I go and and her number two, Chloe was there. And I was like, I want to take a picture with Chloe as much as Amy. So I take, we take a selfie which is fine. And then I chat with Amy, take a picture with her. Then I go back to my room that night at, I don't know, nine o'clock or 10 o'clock Pacific time. I'm scrolling through and I find that Amy has photobombed us with her, like sticking her tongue out, <laughs> like while I'm taking this picture with Chloe. Well, I think it's hilarious. And I send it to my wife. My wife is asleep because she was on the East Coast. I wake up in the morning. Her response is, Why are you sending me pictures of you with random women? Because she doesn't know who these people are. I mean, she knows it. Like she's heard me talk about Amy and, but she's like, literally like, okay, dude, why are you sending me pictures of you hanging out with chicks? You know? And so that was the first email I told, like the first story I ever told was that one. Still, I think the highest open rates I ever got. Not that that matters, but it does. And also (laughs) my audience is 85%, 90% women. Uh, I got more emails responses for men on that one than ever before because they were afraid that they had been hacked and emails had, they had sent me Uh. (laughs) with them. So, but like, that's the kind of email. So that's one of my greatest hits. And so you go through my welcome sequence and you see this and here's the kicker. The first and the last email in the welcome sequence are kind of an intro and a conclusion. The intro, my subject line is, it's about to get weird or something like that. And I'm literally telling people, look, I just want you to know what's coming. I'm weird. It's going to be strange stories. I don't want you getting mad if I, you know, cuss a little bit, if that's going to upset you. I literally say, go down, click that little unsubscribe link. So I'm telling people right up front what they're going to get, what to expect so that they really know. And then after they get through that welcome sequence, like the last one is you're still here or something like that. I'm making a joke (laughs) about the fact that they survived it. And then they go into my standard weekly email and promos when they come due. So that's what happens when someone gets in into my list. But the important thing that, that I hope the listeners are picking up on is almost every email I, I send has either a story an analogy or something I like or don't like. That's kind of the way to think about it. And that's the start of the email. And that's that's the meat of almost all of my weekly emails. It's really just let people get to know me. No, that's so good. And and I love the 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 picture that you painted of how it all works because I know there's people listening right now. They're like, okay, 
that sounds doable. Okay. Maybe, maybe I can, you know, ease into doing some of those, like maybe a shorter, cause 12 emails. I'm like, yeah, that, that, does, that sounds like a lot. I'm like, yeah, okay. So maybe you could do like three or four, or three to five, you know, if that's yeah. too much. <laughs> so I would more than that. Cause like what I want you, like, again, this is the thing, like you mentioned it earlier, my radical giving, I have core beliefs of my business and I think we should all have core beliefs for sure. And I think you should share those with your audience. But they should also like once they get done, and this was like a realization for me at some point, like when I first like launched uh, my my template library, which is my all access pass to all of my legal templates, I did it just by email in the, it was 2008 around like Halloween. And afterwards I did uh, an email to people who didn't buy asking them why they didn't buy. And I had multiple people say, well, yeah, I didn't need all of them. I wish you just sold these individually. And I'm like, uh, I do. <laughs> and so it, it hit me that I was doing a disservice to my audience by them not even knowing how I could help them. Right. And so like you should have an email that tells people what your product is. If you have like one signature product, even if it's not open all the time, tell them about it and get them on the wait list. But also like, obviously, Crystal, you would talk about your podcast. I mean, you should send people to your content. And so a lot of what I'm doing is sending people to different podcast episodes to, to get them into my world. I think the sweet spot is going to be, you know, for most people would be about five is where you'll do it starting out and you don't have greatest hits. So you have to write them kind of individually. And then over time you can come back and replace them. Oh, that's so good. But, but it's so smart just to get started that way and then just kind of see what it evolves to. But I want to hit on something that you said, because we talked about unsubscribes and I know there's people listening. They're like, I have not sent anything out what if people unsubscribe? Like it's like this big daunting scare. It's like the boogeyman's coming to get you if someone unsubscribes when you first get started. So what would you say to someone who has that fear? Well, first I would ask you a question. I would ask you what good are they doing on your list if you never email them? Right. So, I mean, if you're never emailing them, what's the difference between if you email them and they do unsubscribe? So the worst that can happen is they stop getting your emails that they're not even getting right now because you're not emailing them. So, from that perspective, there's no harm. But the other thing is I think a lot of people think it's personal. Like a lot of people think when someone unsubscribes, it means they're mad at you. It doesn't. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I unsubscribe from people all the time just because I'm like, I don't, I don't really want that right now. I'm not right. mad at them. You know, I probably still follow them on social. We're still friends, but I just don't want their emails and that's okay. But ultimately, like, I celebrate unsubscribes because the only way you don't get unsubscribes is number one, if you don't send an email at all, really, that's the only way you don't get any unsubscribes. But even more than that, like I think a lot of people hold back and try to be vanilla because they're afraid to offend people. Right. You can only truly attract your people if you're willing to repel people who are not your people. And again, I mean, we could talk about all kinds of examples about this, like I don't go into politics. I know some of my friends do. They 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 talk openly about politics. I stay away from that because it doesn't really affect my business and I can serve Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Greens and everybody in between. But like I do take stands on things like that that I care about. And, and if people don't like me because I say these things, it's okay. And 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 I tell this story that for a long time I held back and like again, I wish that everybody were seeing this like on uh, video, like one of the things in my background, you can't, I don't know if you can really tell, but it's a cassette tape that is from my college band. And for a long time, I was ashamed to tell people the name of that band because it was a horribly like non-PC name. We were called the Cripples. Now I would never name a band I was in that today and I would not be okay if they made me. And for a long time, I was afraid people would be mad at me because I did that as a 19 year old kid. And then it hit me, you know what, if someone's going to be mad at me for doing something stupid when I was 19, now that I'm 42 years old, I don't need them on my list. Right. And so I'm not going to do that. And even like another example, when COVID hit, like I, I at first I was like, what do I do? And, and I think the first email or two that I sent after it, I kind of held back and I said, no, that's not me. If people are going to be mad because, you know, I make jokes, I make the comment, you know, I sent an email, I think about closing time. I said, cause we're not going to have any closing time at a bar anytime soon. And you know, I would do things like that because that's my personality. Right. And if you're not okay with that, we can still be friends, but you shouldn't be on my email list. And, um, 
And I tell that, and I know it's hard. Like when you're starting out, I remember when you get those unsubscribes, like when your list is like at 50 and someone unsubscribes, it is like your heart sinks. Um, nowadays, uh, you know, I get nervous if, if not just, I mean, I get unsubscribes every single week. Let me be clear. I get nervous if I go like two weeks without a spam complaint. Cause I know it's not actually spam, but I'm like, Hmm, am I might be in too vanilla. <laughs> That's honestly where I am now. <laughs> um, it's happening less and less since I put this new greatest hits, uh, welcome sequences. People have kind of figured it out that this is, uh, this is what they're going to get. So very few people are, are making spam complaints, but I use that to make the point. Don't be vanilla. And this is what I'm saying. This is not like, I'm not trying to be polarizing. I'm just being me and it's polarizing. Yeah. No, that's so awesome. And it's funny. Cause you say that, uh, and just to share, I'll share a little, like a bit behind the scenes for me, I, I remember at least last Friday, because I send mine out every Friday, usually Friday morning, because I'm like, oh, it's like a little treat. It's like a little yep. little fun thing to get on a Friday morning. I remember thinking when I was back in corporate, anything to make a Friday morning better. <laughs> so I was like, okay, we're going to do this on Fridays. And um, But I did. I mean, even last week, I think I got at least 20 unsubscribes, at least 10 to 20 every time yeah. I send yeah. one out. And I'm like, but that's okay. Again, like you said, celebrate those because those aren't your people. They're not your people that are going to buy from you anyway. So they're just kind of taking up space in a place that, you know. And while we're at that, let me talk about that. Cause a lot of people will say, well, I can't email every week. Cause like, that's too much. People won't want to hear from me and they'll unsubscribe if I do that. Um, <laughs> let me, let me, let me go ahead and say right here, if they're going to be mad about you sending them once a week, what the heck's going to happen when you come promo time? Because when you get to like a promo, a launch of any sort, you're going to email them every day if you listen to my world. Because literally I say, stay calm and send another email. That's my motto, especially during launch time. Um, And and like on cart open day, I will send at least two emails. And on cart close, I will send at least three emails, sometimes four. And so if you're worried that, oh, once a week is too much, you know, you, you, those people are not going to buy from you through email. Maybe they'll buy from you through social. Maybe they'll hear about it somewhere else, but email is not going to be the way to get them. Now I will make some exceptions. Like I have someone who's in one of my programs and like her business, like she serves people seasonally, like, um, uh, youth baseball and youth hockey. I said, okay, yeah. When you're out of season, maybe once a month and then ramp up, you know, when you're getting close to the season, but any other business, you should be emailing every single week because what you're doing is building the connection. You're like, that's putting those deposits in. And that's what makes it okay when you do it. And again, if you're doing this right, people aren't mad about it getting your email. They're like, I want to get the email. I want to see what crazy shenanigans Bobby was up to this week. What is he going to say today about peanut butter, peanut butter and cheese? What? You know, what is yeah. wrong with this guy? Yeah. So that's what you want to get to. And and I'm just telling you, like, if you do it right, you will have people literally say, I want you to keep emailing me the promo stuff. And that's like, that's when you know stuff is going well. Yeah, no, that's so good. And I totally agree. Like, Bobby, we could talk about email forever, but I do not want to take up much more of your time because I know that... uh, uh, we just could. We could talk, yeah. sweet baby Jesus. Like you guys, you got to go get on Bobby's email list to see what we are talking about. Yeah. But real fast, are you up for some rapid fire questions? Sure, but I do have to say, there's going to have to be a, a follow up to the sweet baby Jesus email because for people who don't know, that's an abomination of a beer. It's like way too complicated. <laughs> and I sent it Easter week, by the way, last year. It, that was my Easter week email. Um, but. The brewery that makes that made another version, which is that with another layer of flavor. And I'm just, yeah, but so, yeah, but we can talk about it, but yes, let's go to rapid fire now. Well, hang on one second. Cause we have to take a note. Like Bobby is a aficionado when it comes to beer and brew. Like you do, you brew your own beer, right? Yes. And, and see, I am a, so this is the weird thing. I would fit in more as a brewer in Texas than where I am in, in the East coast because, and, and maybe it makes sense. Maybe it goes back to my heritage. I am German by descent. I mean, my ancestors have been here forever, but my beer, I'm a purist when it comes to beer. I believe beer should be made consistent with the German beer purity law that you only use, you know, uh, malted barley, hops, water, and yeast, and maybe a little bit of wheat, but that's it. 
and the sweet baby Jesus, it's a chocolate peanut butter beer. I'm like, I'm like, I like Reese's peanut butter cups. I like beer. I don't want them together. I don't want them together. (laughs) No. And and this other one, they then add coffee to it. Again, I I like, I love coffee. Love Reese's peanut butter cups. Love, keep them apart. Let's keep them apart. But, but so like the, 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 the Texas brewers actually seem to largely follow the, you know, they're brewing more Germanic styles of beer. So I kind of uh, like them better. That's so funny. Yeah. So for any of you beer lovers out there, you got to go follow Bobby on social for sure. Cause he loves to talk about yeah. all the beer stuff. Yeah. It's so funny. Okay. So rapid fire questions. And, um, the first one I have is for a brand new podcaster. So what advice would you give to a brand new podcaster? So the advice I would give to a brand new podcaster, um, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. What I would say is don't try to be like anyone else. Create your podcast, your way. If it's interviews, great. If it's not, don't. But don't be afraid. Like I was afraid up front to just like talk. And what I'll tell you is people like my episodes now a lot more because I just get on and pontificate for 45 minutes and and people seem to like that. But that's what I should have been doing the whole time. And so be yourself and create the podcast you actually want, not one that someone told you to create. Oh, that's so good. So, so good. Totally agree with that. So this next one is a two-part question because you have a podcast. So Mm -hmm. who is your dream podcast for you to be a guest on and who would be your dream podcast guest to be on your show? Well, see, that's an interesting one because, I mean, I've already been on Amy Porterfield's podcast, which, you know, that's my audience. Um, So, uh, you know, I I do want her at one of these days to have me on an episode with an episode number. I've been on there twice and they're both bonus episodes. So I I, I keep (laughs) poking her. Yeah, I keep poking her on that. So, I mean, I guess that's, I, I mean, I don't really have a huge kind of goal. I've been on that. I was on Entrepreneur on Fire. So I've been on a lot of the big entrepreneurship ones and that's fine. Um, who's my dream guest? You know, honestly, I, I probably just had him on. I had James Wedmore on. Uh, he's my coach. He's, I'm in his mastermind. We were doing this. Um, it's part of this. I'm doing this program, um, in May, again, part of my radical giving. I let everybody, anybody who wanted to into my paid membership for a month. We're calling massive action May to try to get a ton of stuff done. And I interviewed him. It was supposed to be an hour. The interview was an hour and 48 minutes. And the reason it was my dream is because as someone put it, it was just like listening to two friends talk about business and it was just so much fun. But honestly, that's what all my interviews are now because I don't like if someone cold pitches me, I pretty much don't take them. I mean, I'm having friends on that's who I want to have on because they've got a match. And this is a, this maybe goes back to that first question. Um, if you're having guests protect your audience Make sure that they serve your audience and and that it's not about serving them because most of the people who are on podcasts, they're trying to serve themselves. And that's why like, you know, I'm very careful about who to have on, you know, I've had Amy on, I've had James on, I've had, you know, all these people on, I don't know. I can't think of anybody that I'd really be like, Ooh, I really want to have that person on candidly. I I don't have a, you know, I don't have a bucket list. Maybe I should create one. There you go. That's your assignment. After we get done, you got to think, who are my top three dream guests that I want to have on the podcast? (laughs) Okay. And then the last question, and I think I already know the answer to this one is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? (laughs) I'm a recovered perfectionist. (laughs) Um, No. Uh, So let me go ahead and warn people. If you get on my list, they're going to be typos. Because I always have, I always have these 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 grand plans that I'm going to write emails in advance. Nah, doesn't happen. Uh, if you get my email at, at ten o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday, for the most part, I probably wrote it between nine thirty and ten o'clock. And so I long ago learned that, and it was one of those things I had to give up on because we're all perfectionists. But being a perfectionist just means you don't get anything done, and you're not putting it out on the world. Um, I put stuff out as soon as it's at like eighty five percent, and then I improve it. And that's the way I think everybody should approach things. 
I love it. I love it. I totally agree with that. It's I we would still be sitting here uh, with no episodes of this podcast out if I was still trying to perfect my very first episode. Yeah. So thank you so much, Bobby, for coming on the show today. So can you tell everybody I know that you had a, a resource or something that you wanted to share with the audience. So tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, well, so what we like literally my team and I have just done this. We have just taken um it's a, an extra training inside my new uh, my program, Badass Email Marketing, my paid program. We took out this resource that is all about writing story-based emails. Literally, I think it's a lesson that's almost, I don't know, it's 30 minutes long or something, maybe longer. And we're making it available as a freebie because I want people to start telling stories in their email. If I could just get people to, to start ruining email marketing for everybody else, which is my way of saying – Make it so that your audience is like, I don't want to read other people's emails because they're boring. I've done my job. So you can get that. Um, it's a training, like I said. It's uh, pulled straight out of my paid program. And you can get it at bobbyclink.com forward slash tell more stories. Again, bobbyclink.com forward slash tell more stories. And that one doesn't have a nurture sequence. So if, if you get in on that, you'll get that. You'll get kind of a catch email and then you go straight into my welcome sequence. So you'll see kind of what happens with that welcome sequence that we talked about earlier. No, that's so awesome because I, uh, guys go grab this because for one, I, I think that Bobby is the perfect person to learn how to tell stories from, but you'll also see firsthand how he tells stories in his emails and you'll understand what we're talking about when it comes to, you'll get so excited when you see Bobby's name pop up. You're like, what's he up to today? I just got to see what he's saying, but well, where can everybody, Oh, go ahead. Well, and I was just going to say, because your listeners are like largely podcasters, like what I teach is perfect for podcasting because I'm a podcaster. And so my weekly emails and my story-based emails, like, you know, it, it's like, it is the go check out my podcast, but you'll see that I'm not doing it like, like you probably are doing it. So it, it's really perfect for your audience. Perfect. And then where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, I'm just, at I'm at Bobby Clink on Instagram. Although I always tell people I kind of suck at Instagram. I'm trying to get better. Um, and then Facebook, Bobby Clink, that's me and my page. That's actually where I, I spend my time. And I've got a free group called Badass Online Marketers where I just hang out and we talk law, we talk business, we talk beer, we talk about all the things. Um, I'm a Facebook guy because I'm a community person. And so that's where I focus my time. Oh, awesome. And then, and then my podcast, they should, I would love for him to check out the Certified Badass Online Marketing Podcast, which by the way, it's cheeky and fun because there's nothing badass about me. <laughs> well, I love it because you started doing your Friday live episodes. So where yep. do you do those on your page or in your group? So I do those on my, my page at noon okay. on Fridays. I go live and basically those are kind of my, my give you a kick in, in the rear to, to do something kind of uh, episodes where I'm, I'm kind of shifting a mindset or I'm doing something like that because what I found is that's what people need. People need us to say, stop doing that. Just don't do that. You know, things like that. And so that, those are what my Friday episodes normally are. And it's, I go live on my page and then we have this, we use repurpose.io. So for podcasters, it's a great thing. You can set it so that literally it pulls the audio, puts my bumpers on the front and the back and it loads it straight up to Libsyn. So we don't have to do anything other than go in and edit our show notes. And we have a second podcast episode each week. So it's a great way to do it if, if you want to make part of it easier. Yeah, that's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that nugget of wisdom and for everything else that you share with us here today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I, I had a lot of fun. And like, like you said, I can talk about email all day, every day. So thank you for having me on. It was my pleasure. So what did you think? He's hilarious, right? I love the whole peanut butter and Cheetos. It's still kind of gross to me, but whatever, whatever floats your boat, Bobby. I'm glad that you found something that you enjoy. But I just... The conversation that we had was so important, especially if you are brand new to building your online business, you're just getting started creating your platform, or you're just kind of out of, like, you feel like you're in a funk, right? You feel like everything feels so corporate or so formal. I hope that you got something out of today's conversation that reminds you to bring it back to the basics, like strip it all down, take all the fluffy stuff away, and just 
be yourself, whether you want to be a punk rocker or you want to show this side of your personality that highlights your creativeness or your uniqueness in one area of your life, whatever it is, bring the personality into your business because you will see how much better you can stand out from all the other noises, all the other voices, and all the other platforms out there because if you've chosen a popular market, you're gonna find yourself feeling like, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know how I can stand out. If you show up as yourself and do some of the things that Bobby shared with us here today, I promise you, your email, your business, and your podcast has the opportunity to really stand out and hold its own. So I hope that you enjoyed this conversation today. I would so appreciate it if you took a screenshot and shared the image out on social media. Tag me, tag Bobby, and let us know what you thought about today's episode. And I wanted to make sure you go check out the show notes at crystalprofit.com slash episode 160. You're going to find all the links that Bobby and I talked about. And go follow him on social media because he is so much fun to chat with on Instagram. And he always shares like the best memes and his stories are always fantastic. So make sure you go follow Bobby on Instagram. And you can find the links to that again in the show notes, crystalprofit.com slash episode 160. And that's all I have for you today. So remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere.